Would you wonder about my motives, where I came from, where I'm headed? Think I waited far too long for you to just come to your senses. So I'm plotting and I'm scheming, looking forward, I'm advancing. The glory you imagine for yourself is all that matters. Say that self-care is the first step that you take to climb the ladder. If I'm better than the half of what you make of me, how dare you? Don't identify a singular, that solipsism ain't cool. I grew up in a context where the plural is the focus. Feed the people, treat it equal, plus we revolution locusts. It don't take much to own up to a mishap or this history. Was born in 98, I found a pen, the rest of mystery, yeah. These dreams got tangled, tied up with the likes of yours and fantasies. I'm trying to see the world from where you stand. Lekin kulli marra aftah il mawdua yeklib gilain. Dan lissa maultish haiga. Mugarrad kalam talaya min bo'i ana kabinti gili rdudu istifam. Mish fahim ana ya man, matsibni sikanam. Al yani haya gat alaya matis al fulan. Khabbat ala giran aluli khudi kilo asal fokik mikalam. Sipping that juice, feeling that loose, you wanna fly. 22 moons, not on the cruise, I'ma just ride. Living on blues, tripping on true, baby that's fine. Baby that's mine. Sipping that juice, feeling that loose, you wanna fly. 22 moons, not on the cruise, I'ma just ride. Living on blues, tripping on true, baby that's fine. Baby that's mine. Feluca from Harlem tuning in. Hi, thank you for having me today. So cool. So Mabruk, your new track 22 plus one just uh, dropped today, June 10th. Tell us more about it. Hi, so 22 plus one just dropped and it is the first single off of a 12 track album that we're dropping at the end of the summer called Dream 23. And we're releasing it with uh, Abu Recordings great indie small record label that I've come to be very fond of, their artists, their their drive, their work. And um, yeah, this track is really just about circling the sun 23 times, having 23 different dreams that are all inside you, like fractals almost, what it is to be a multiplicitous being. All of these different themes that I've worked with in the past are coming back and stronger in 22 plus one and in the album as a whole. Amazing, amazing. So tell me a little more about the studio. So I work in different studios. I, um, I work out of my home studio, which is my room that you see me in now. I have um, a mic and a, and a modest little setup that I use that, have, that has <laughs> actually taken me as far as everything you've heard in the past. 
but I also work out of Abu Recording Studio headquarters in Brooklyn, and it's also really, really great energy there. So yeah, I feel like definitely doesn't matter where you are, but the studio that you're in should always, you know, kind of resonate with that energy. So if I'm not in Harlem, I'm in Brooklyn, I'm, I'm in New York. <laughs> so you're a real New Yorker? I mean, I'd say so, I'd say so. <laughs> what does that mean to you? I don't really know. I mean, I definitely identify more as Egyptian than a New Yorker, but before the beyond either of those, I'm a child of this universe and of this world. So, and like most New Yorkers, we're split of so many different things. I've only been here really for two and a half years, but the city has welcomed me and brought me in and shown me so much life that I really do believe that I'm a New Yorker. Like I feel like one. And how does uh, the city actually inspire you every day and in your in your art? I would say that New York City inspires me just um, by nature of its pace that can be really brutal sometimes because of how just fast it is and, and harsh and everybody out here just you know doggy dog style like port authority peak rush hour just trying to get your money go home like it's just so intense and packed with so much fruit that when you kind of like start to pick apart and you just look at how many different things are going on in one single moment in time you can find inspiration in any of those little things you know and it's of course comes back to people like the proximity in New York City is insane and doesn't help a pandemic, but it helps inspiration for a song because I'll bump into one person on the block who will give me a conversation filled with gems and I'll bump into somebody else on the block right after that and be like, yo, that's the continuation of that song with the same notion. Like, I really believe it, it comes back to just interactions and socially being out there. So New York is also a really important hub for hip hop and rap. So I'm sure for you growing up uh, loving hip hop and rap, it's, it's been an interesting experience being especially in Harlem. Uh, did you come here specifically because you wanted to be closer to hip hop culture? I actually didn't come to Harlem to be specifically closer to hip hop culture. I didn't come to New York for hip hop. Uh, it just, I found myself here organically and the music found me and I've been inspired by it since. Uh, so you discovered hip-hop, you became closer with hip-hop when you moved to the U.S.? Yeah, definitely when I moved to the U.S. I started listening to more hip-hop, but I've always been a fan of R&B and soul, and my influences have not changed since I was like 10. They just grow, they just accumulate. So tell me about your early experience with music and how you discovered this music and why you loved it so much. Who were some of the singers you were listening to at the time when you were 10? I mean, that's very young. Um, well, I have an older sibling, so a lot of the music that they were listening to is kind of just passed on to me. And sometimes that meant you're in grade three rapping the Mockingbird at the playground. Completely inappropriate, but, you know, it happens. And um, But of course, since then, I mean, way beyond Eminem, like, I started listening to No Name, who is a rapper I really like from Chicago, Chance the Rapper also from Chicago, Tupac, needless to say, from the West Coast, who wrote his own volumes of poetry, you know, and that, that, that showed me just this idea of um, a dexterity of being an artist that, you know, I hadn't seen really in the past before. And since then, I mean, Tyler, the Creator, Akua Naru, Sade, Erica Badu, uh, D'Angelo, Common, these are all the people that I just immediately have at the forefront of my mind when I think of. Uh, Andre 3000, James Blake, like, I go on forever. I'm inspired by so many people. And, um, and I hope to just keep being inspired by people. <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> so when you were young, what other genres were you influenced by? What, what were your parents uh, playing at home? And how did you actually discover this hip hop soul music? Um, I think when I was growing up, we were listening to a lot of Air Supply, as per my parents, if I'm being completely honest. There was also Tarzan soundtracks. There was a lot of different soundtracks to movies that we watched as families. 
So definitely the elements of music was always around the house, but not particularly hip hop or, or you know, or R&B or anything, rap music. Um, I started writing poetry when I was 14 and socially still felt weird. You know, it's like just the coming of age and all the weirdness that comes with that. I took an oath to writing and I was like, I promise to write every day because this is pen and paper is the only thing I can trust. And, you know, this is a very dramatic, like late night moment. But since then, I haven't broken my word. I write every day. If it's not part of a song, it's part of a poem. It's a journal entry. It's anything. Like, it's really language that I fell in love with. And then it changed into music. And then it changed more specifically into rap. But at the core of it is the poetry, for sure. Yeah, and it really shows in your lyrics. I mean, your lyrics are so moving and, and, and powerful and lyrical. Every word has a very strong impact so tell me more about your love for poetry um were you reading poetry when you were 14 years old what, what kind of poetry were you reading and why why was poetry something that was very important to you um i started writing poetry as per my english teacher's recommendations suggestions she thought she saw that i had a bright like very eager mind for knowledge and she's with my pen and she just told me took me aside and she said you need to keep writing i see you one day being a writer And that just filled me with so much joy. I mean, when you're a teacher in middle school, high school tells you they really believe in you and they want you to do what you're doing um, professionally, then it's like, well, you know, forget anything else anyone says. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> and uh, I was reading Sylvia Plath. I was watching, you know, spoken word artists like Rafif Ziyeda, um, Farah Shamma from Palestine, um, and just uh, as Sarah Kay from, from the States, like just an amalgamation of poets that I loved. And this was before a beat dropped or anything. I was just hooked on this idea of delivery um, or being an orator, being a, an MC. And um, yeah, and that came with just like a lot of support from people at school and my, and my family and friends. And yeah, and I was running a poetry blog. So that's how it started. <laughs> I love that, a poetry blog. So how did that evolve into music then? Um, I, I like to think that the poetry evolved into music when passion was introduced and I realized that there's a there's a point at which the written word just can't amplify more sound than it has already on the page it can resonate with somebody emotionally but it's not going to scream at you it's not going to make you feel a certain way just like a like sound does and so I guess it was just a very step-by-step -step process of here's the poetry here's a beat I really like let me try and put the beat with the poetry and, and see what happens literally like that And then I realized that it sounded great and people could dance while listening to the poetry that was actually a song that was a lot of things. <laughs> and it made me really happy. You know, then, then when I found that like gem in the middle of the, between the music and the poetry and I realized rap is rhythm and poetry, then, then we're here. We're, we're where we need to be. <laughs> so you basically, you're amplifying the words, you're bringing the words to life and you're also bringing them into movement. That's how I like to see it, for sure. Just adding dimension to the word and, and re still respecting that it has power as a written word. I like to post my lyrics on Genius. I plan to have a lyric book out that people can physically read. And, and I'm a scholar, so I want to keep writing like books, biographies, autobiographies. Like, who knows? You know, it never needs to end. <laughs> I love that. I mean, you still have a lot of time, so I can't wait to, you know, what uh, you... What, how your craft uh, evolves, but uh, to get back to your music and your early days, uh, were you surrounded by musicians at the time in Egypt who uh, also inspired you to start making your own beats? Um, well, my brother is a musician and he was working on his own album out of the American University in Cairo. And um, yeah, he, I mean, also my little sister plays bass. So like a lot of this stuff comes from just a house chilling, you know, of all of us playing music. 
my brother was definitely the one who started me with music and like it was his equipment and his everything and he was just like you should record it professionally like here's a mic do this do that like would mix for me like just help me out and still to this day we work together so I think a big reason that this has worked so well for me is because it comes from a place of just purity and, and family and truth you know <laughs> I love that and how was the scene back in Egypt uh, back then I didn't know. I mean, I started writing out here, actually, when I moved to the States in 2018. And I, my, you know, my brother was helping me out here. But then when I started traveling back after having made music, I started being more aware of the scene. And it's been popping. It's been really popping. And I don't say that optimistically or like, you know, like, oh, my God, that's so much happening. There is so much happening. A lot of people are making really, really fire music. And I'm excited to see where it goes. So what kind of music are you particularly inspired by in Egypt at the moment? And why do you think it's important that it's being released and being, you know, diffused? Um, so this is a complicated question a little bit. I'm very proud of the music that's emerging out of Egypt. I think um, Asad Mohragan and Asad Shabi and all these different, like, very um, just unique sounds that, like, we finally are proud of. And it's like this people having fun like and, and, and amplified but made professionally like we deserve that even if I don't I'm not sitting here listening to Shabi or Mahragan because it's not necessarily my preference I'm proud of it um, and I think that it's really cool to see people just making stuff like and making it right you know I don't have to like it at all but the fact that they're putting their heart and soul out there and I'm supporting them they're supporting me this is how we evolve we should always have a broad range of we should have music that's terrible and music that's great but there needs to be an abundance of it so that people can decide and for the longest time we didn't have any of that so so that's what I'll say about the music scene <laughs> so when you say it's great what do you mean exactly by great uh, is it innovative musically are their lyrics uh, important and and are they having an impact on on the people locally and in the world what how do you define great music that's a really good question. I think personally, I define great music by definitely in terms of its impact on people, because I, I see it very much as a tool, which I know a lot of artists don't, but I'm a socially conscious artist who wants to put that at the forefront of my work. So I think impact is really important. And that's something I do see in the Shabi and the Maharagen is the innovative quality. The impact of the lyrics, I will not say 100% is there, <laughs> but that's okay and it doesn't need to be. Do you know what I mean? Like if that, if they're gonna bank on that one aspect of we're gonna really, really curate the sound so that it's special and, and representative accurately of our scene, then okay, you can talk about, you know, whatever is the silly lyric, like that's completely fine in my opinion. So how about the music you love from Egypt? Is it spe specifically hip hop or is it also, I know there's a lot of, punk and folk and all sorts of genres so tell me a little bit more please about specific people who inspire you um i have a good friend he's a rapper his name is mars i really like his style a lot in rap um and um these are i, I tend to like a lot of egyptian artists who are working out of different countries because they bring the same like universal global aspect to their music that i really enjoy and i try to emulate as well so there's also um Sharif, who I've collaborated twice with on different songs, who I admire and respect deeply. And for me, it's not just about like what the, the music that you're making, but like the persona behind it. And like, what, what are you trying to do with this whole vision? You know, I'm really a, an abstract thinker in that way. So your song pops off, goes viral on, on Spotify, great. But who is you like after that? Um, so, yeah. And in terms of Egyptian artists, definitely, I would like to mention um, some of the women that are coming up on the scene. Uh, Peri 
is, is making moves. She's rapping in Arabic and she's out there with Oka Ortega and Molotov and these guys. And I'm really, really proud. And I don't make that kind of music, but I want them to do it and do it with Gusto. And I'm really, that makes me really happy to see that being done. I'm really amazed by how important hip hop has been in the Arab revolutions throughout the region and how local artists are taking the genre to another level, really, with their lyrics and, and even the way they diffuse the music and play it on the streets and so on. So do you think hip hop is a particularly important uh, genre for revolt music, revolt art in the Middle East, in the Arab world? I think hip hop is an incredibly important genre no bias, the most important genre. No, of course not. Like, that's stupid to think competitively in terms of music. But I do think that it has a pivotal, essential role in creating social change. And, and, and just by nature of it, it's volume, it's nature, it's structure, you know, it's storytelling at the end of the day. And putting that to a beat that people can actually chant, so to speak. Like when you think of it on those terms, it's like, wow, this works perfectly for the blueprint or the manifesto of a revolution, <laughs> like low key. So um, I think it has an, an integral role in the Arab revolution, a large scale spring, a global just awakening. I feel like it's important. Yeah. And how about the history of hip hop, its roots, where it came from, how it developed, how it grew as a genre. And, and also in terms of music history, because you say you're a scholar, you like to study these movements, people making beats, even the or origins uh, in Jamaica, people making beats with basically nothing no tools right something completely diy uh, so tell me a little bit more about that and and why you think it applies to our own history and culture um so i'm not a scholar in this field i don't know much about music history i'm an english major so i can tell you exactly how to analyze a poem front to back and what the stylistic devices and why they work and why you feel certain ways about every single word but i don't know much about music history that said um i think that the way it, tradition and and I guess ancestry comes into play in history in general in this paradigm is in my case, since that's all I can speak of is I'm just trying so hard to incorporate that Egyptian um, aspect of culture and the Middle Eastern values that I personally decide to cling to um, into the music that is more or less Western because the beats are there. And I mean, the, the language is English. Like there's so much of it that, that speaks Western, Um, upbringing and I never want that to be the only thing that people see I want them to see that backed up behind that is this history this turos if you will I don't know if I'm supposed to be called to be in a uh, in there's depth to whatever we do because it comes from this history it comes from this lineage this ancestral glory and that'll that'll always be there you know Yeah, I love that too. Uh, and especially Egypt, I mean, of all the countries in the Middle East, I think you definitely have so many influences to draw on. In terms of hip hop, uh, I, was, I was trying to allude to, I guess, its history of, of being a tool of expression for disenfranchised people. And uh, uh, you mentioned that hip hop was important in, in protest movements in the Middle East, but how about Uh, being uh, giving a voice to dis disenfranchised people in in the Arab world in terms of you know resisting, for example, colonialism, class uh, resistance, and so on. Uh, do you feel that it's a particularly important tool? Um, I think it's a very important tool. Hip hop as a genre, as an art form, uh, music in general, in just playing a role in bringing awareness to people, also sparking movements. Just from what I've seen from like a women's empowerment perspective, 
seeing just visually the representation of yourself or somebody that you admire in a music video at a show just doing their thing fully is enough of a mental moment for you to just be like okay it's been done so it's not bonkers if i try to do it like that in itself is something that i think inspires a lot of people to just I, I see it as part of the revolution. I don't know how else to explain it. If, if I can mentally help somebody just open up that realm of possibility in their brain that they can pursue professionally and seriously their dreams and their artistic passions, then, then that's part of, that's part of a larger thing that I'm trying to inspire. Like. Yeah, that's cool. Because uh, when I started this project, I was uh, specifically kind of reacting to a certain culture in Arabic music and history, where you have these divas that are hypersexualized and they're very commodified and they're selling their bodies. And there's a very specific ideal of beauty in the Arab world, too, that I definitely don't subscribe to. I'm, I'm sure you don't subscribe to it either. You don't want to look that way. And over there also, whenever you, if you don't look that way, if you resist that, you're being told all the time, right, that your body isn't right, that your hair isn't right, that your, you know, face isn't right. Uh, and even here in, in music, I mean, when you look at Beyonce and Rihanna, and as much as we love and admire them, there's definitely a standard of beauty and sex appeal. Uh, so thinking about women in hip-hop, women in soul, especially the ones that you admire, like Erika Badu, uh, how do you feel that you can use that medium as an empowering um, tool? for yourself and the women around you? I love this question. I think that I can use my art form as a tool to empower myself and the women around me by A, believing in it. First thing, before anything, I need to believe in it to my core so that I can show other people that stand by something, stand by it fully, you are good enough. And that is a really big thing because I think drilled into a lot of our minds is this idea that we need authority and we need um, to look to somebody and what do you mean you can put music by yourself ask a man about it like no <laughs> you can do this um, so the first step is the the believing hardcore belief that I'm doing something of value that people should listen to and then I think it could also it would also inspire women just by nature of, of I suppose the lyrics and the quality the content that I'm talking about it's never going to be on some excuse my language pussy money weed like I can't do that because that's not my narrative so when they hear things about being caught, you know, coming back from some kind of uh, event and I'm not in the most presentable state to my parents, they understand. When I'm talking about a man, like not trying to give me what I deserve and me being out here like, how did I not say anything about it? They understand. It's all of these little private, not so private anecdotes that are universally shared, that are not talked about enough, that once they're in the music, I think instantly women start to realize that they have a voice, that somebody's out there and representing them. and. If I could just make one person feel that for any track, every track that I put out, then I'm, I'm set for life. That's so fulfilling for me. So by, by, by opening up, by, by showing your intimate life, especially through poetry, uh, that's, for you, that's an empowering, that's an empowering process um, for others as well. I'd like to think so, yeah, for sure. I mean, it helps me just to re reconcile with my own reality and understand that I'm here in this moment and that again i deserve respect and, and 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 value for my work um and then i suppose in doing that i'd like to believe that yeah people see that and they think great because i do get a number of messages of you know women saying you're making the exact art i'm trying to create how can i do this better and from there we can go on and i could be like here's you know what you could use a distribution service to put your music out here's where you could build a website like the little things that you know people could need as resources to really elevate themselves in the way they want 
I'm there for that. That's nice. And the fact that these resources are now available on online, that means we can basically bypass all the male guardians of cultural institutions, right? Your manager, your producer, your agent, your, your club owner, and so on, uh, your, your studio manager, and so on. You basically, you're, you can record with just a computer, right? Um, you can diffuse your own music. You can promote yourself on your own platforms. And so essentially, you don't need that um, approval anymore, right? It's very true. It really comes down to just this idea of limitless possibilities. And uh, we live in the ideal time to be creating so much art. You know, nothing is stopping us. And I think that is the biggest privilege of this time of the technology that we have at Bay to just Google it, figure it out, do it, and it's out. It takes you like maximum five days to get your music out on streaming services, no matter who you are, where you are. Like, it's, it's easy, you know? Um, but what we need to work on is just the confidence and the even yearning to do something like that. So that's what I'm trying to inspire in people, I guess. Been traveling distances She says she called me back. Better give her another moment. Could I give her a moment? Could I? So I'm just trying to get my mind yeah. right. Give her a moment. Da, 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 da. Does she need a little time, little green? Step onto the scene in the moment. In the moment. Baby, oh, give her a moment. 
How about community and collaboration? Because myself, I found that being by yourself, of course, as a woman, you can empower yourself to learn. But at the end of the day, there's a limit to what you can achieve, you know. So I found that community as a feminist has been has been very important and collaborating with other um, talented folks as well. Uh, community and collaboration are probably my two favorite words, but I have a lot of favorite words, so maybe not. But those two words are so important to feminism and my feminism. Let me say my feminism, because one thing I've learned through my, my, my schooling and through my education is that it is, such a, it is such a loaded, polluted term at this point that I choose to say my feminism because my terms are, are that it is inclusive and that it is transnational and that it is fluid and that it is collaborative and, and rooted in sisterhood. If that's not what somebody else's very capitalist looking feminism is, that's okay. And I still need to respect that. But my feminism does rely on collaboration. I have um, a, just a beautiful, abundant network of, of a team of women that support me. I don't know how to explain it really, but it's just a, a crew that has come together so organically, composed of my sister, uh, my best, closest friends, who are incredible artists in their own right and help me out with making stickers and merch and cover art. And we're all just out here helping each other just amplify each other's voices. Never, when I tell you that it is the purest energy that I've ever experienced, the feminine energy that I'm surrounded by in my life, I 100% I, I mean it in every sense of the term because it lifts me up every day. and even when I've had really like dark moments in my life, what has pulled me out were the women in my life. hundred yeah, percent. So the way you inspire other women, other women inspire you as well. Yeah, definitely. So when you were talking about a global awakening earlier, which I love uh, because I, I definitely feel that we're, we're witnessing at the same time, a lot of chaos and destruction, especially in this moment of, you know, black lives matter a morning. Uh, with this incredible violence that we're witnessing in this country and throughout the world, but we're also witnessing an incredible uprising that is righteous and that is, you know, idealistic and that really believes in change. So tell me please about this global awakening and, and how you feel that feminism, women's rights uh, has an important role to play in this movement. I definitely think that um, we're experiencing a unprecedented, unprecedented times. I think that the accumulation of everything we've been through effective 2020, which includes COVID and Black Lives Matter and the uprisings in Kuwait and the uprisings in uh, everywhere, really. Um, I think it just adds to this sensitivity and sense of compassion, empathy that we're all reintroducing ourselves to because we got so sucked into the system of our routines and our lives and our own small individualistic bubbles that you know this is going to sound crazy to say but i'm kind of glad that this is happening i'm glad that we have this global awakening and i'm glad that i'm sad this and what has happened so far and all the violence and the destruction and the people that have been hurt to reach this point but we are here now and there there are people who are getting their voices finally amplified and and finally we are having the conversations with the older generations and the different people who were feeling this problem. Finally, I think that is the most beautiful moment is the youth have always spoken up about this. We always know, low key, it's the older generation that are finally just tuning to the fact that things are not okay. And it's the conversations as Arabs that we're having with our older generations about the way that we view blackness and understand blackness that 
I have never had conversations like this before with my parents and my, my friends' parents and hearing about what they're talking about is so enriching. And I, and I see this in real time with my mother on FaceTime as we discuss how the help in the house has been treated or talked about or anything. Like this is the exact moment that I think the movement has been waiting for is talking about the people who kind of set this foundation in stone. No offense, they caused a lot of these problems that have warped our understanding, so to speak. And when we bridge that gap together and we say, this is not okay, and this is not okay, so maybe somewhere in the middle we can find empathy, understanding, and really elevate. That's, that's the awakening I'm talking yeah, about. So I you think. feel that it has applications in every situation, every country. I mean, I know that Egypt itself has sort of racial um, divisions um, between uh, people of different backgrounds, and, and then class is an important factor as well. I've seen a lot of, you know, firsthand uh, in my experience in Egypt, the racial discrimination towards Sudanese refugees and the Sudanese community. And this is not okay. This is not something that is part of our values or our tradition at all. I think finally we're witnessing a moment where that understanding is shifting and we have rhetoric and we have vocabulary to use about being a, a very, uh, just a polite human being and not discriminating against everybody. Like, so how does the really? new album reflect this moment of uh, global awakening and your and your personal journey also from Egypt to New York and musical and poetic journey as well? Essentially, Dream 23 trying to do with this project is um, it's split. So it's 12 tracks. The first half of the album takes place in space, if you will. The music is a lot more sonically just floating around and... and uh, just daydream me, or to say, put it in those terms. And, um, and then I, I kind of had this idea of descending to earth with all these notions that I had in my head about the idealistic visions of the, you know, the beautiful blue ribbon Arabic literature that I wish to see being published that is not being published. All of the dream that I have for Egypt and the world and just art, humanity is packed up into the first half. And the second half is the manifestation of that, bringing that into earth. And what does that look like in real time? So I suppose always in my work, I'm dealing with dualities of whether it's culturally split between West and East or whether it's I'm in space and I'm also on Earth, so I'm accessible, but I'm still in my head. It's all of these different things that, that give me comfort in this idea of not being just one thing. And I think the global awakening is teaching us that, is that as human beings, we are complex, complicated. You cannot say things like melting pot and say things like all lives matter and just put these huge labels on things to just dismiss them and make them easier to think about we are complex fractile crystalline structured beings and we deserve that multiplicity so whether that comes out in the music or it comes out in the movements we we just need to believe in that and, and let it manifest is what, I, is what i think and topically of course i mean the album explores all the themes that that are near and dear to me which are the same. I mean, I'm still fighting for my freedom as a woman in the Arab world as I'm fighting for a year. That's always anywhere in the world. I don't need to tell you, I'm sure. Um, so I'm fighting How for that. Fighting in this album. For, your, um, for your freedom as a woman here and in the Arab world. Tell me a little bit more about that, please. Uh, sure. So actually, in the single that we just dropped, 22 plus 1, there's an Arabic verse where I say, لما لسه ما قلتش حاجه مجرد الكلام طالع من بقي انا كبنت يجي لي ردود واستفهام انه um, i guess you know translated a little bit loosely is 
it's kind of crazy because I haven't even said anything, right? I'm 22 years old. Like, I'm not nearly done with anything. So as to say, I haven't said my words yet. And yet I've already gotten so much backlash and negativity and guys telling me, what is this rapper? She belongs in the kitchen. Oh, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, just the typical misogynist, like... Yeah, you know, I, I probably am in the kitchen if I set up my studio there. Like, I'll do it and make, I'll make a banger. Like, if that's what you want. I'll be in the kitchen cooking up beats. What are you talking about? But yeah, I mean, so it's this idea, I suppose, of like, it's crazy to me that, you know, a woman will do one thing, could even just post a picture of herself that people don't like, and she could get canceled in the air world. Like, that's just bonkers to me. So I'm fighting for what I have to say in the sense that I'm not shying away from taboo topics i'm not shying away from calling people out like i have this song called the rain and i've made like two years ago where i literally called out by name all the guys that did me or my friends dirty in high school because they were on that like sharing pictures thing that was just so gross so, like sharing girls pictures of them in like bikinis and like just really really creepy gross um sexual repression things that was going on and I called them out in this rap song and a bunch of them were offended and crazed out and I started sharing it and being like oh like I guess I'm famous because she called me out on the track like like that's the kind of move that I would want to make is just being vocal about things that I was scared to be vocal about so it's giving you more courage basically and it's also helping you heal your own wounds a hundred percent the art has healed like the art began as a healing component because i i had a lot of anger that i was dealing with two years ago as for a breakup that was just so unexpected and my heart was broken i was angry and i i was doing kickboxing six times a week and i needed something to like make me feel like there and listen to and rap music was there for me and still, any emotion that I give the music, the music gives it back to me intensely. So I'm glad we're not in the studio together, knowing that you're a kickboxing pro. <laughs> Don't worry, my kickboxing days are over. That was just the anger that I had. Is it gone time. now? <laughs> it's gone. I'm, I'm in a much calmer place, and you'll see that in dreams. Yeah, I did notice that it was very contemplative. It's it's very definitely very dreamy, right? Different from your your previous releases for sure. So tell me a little bit more about uh, perhaps the daughter. Um, the daughter was a single that we dropped. I had an idea of a visual and a concept, and I really liked what encompasses the being of the daughter of something. You know, is is not so much a product of something, but being birthed by aspects that are not just parents, biological parents, if that makes any sense. So I wanted to explore what it is to be a daughter of the system, a daughter of the environment around you, a daughter of the thoughts and the feelings of the people that you inhabit spaces with. And when I sent the music to Saif Omar, who is the director who directed the music video for the daughter, he fell in love with it, we thought, this was it like this is what we have to to visualize and like bring to life and the process from that moment that we decided to work on this together to the day that we put it out as a video was one of the most life enriching uh beautiful experiences i'd ever had it was just you know bringing these this group of random girls together who just loved the music or the vision enough to join in on this music video that they had no idea what would entail took them out to the desert, shot there for like hours. It was super hot. Um, we rode a felucca. We were on horses and beach buggies. We just went full force. The energy that we emulated together was so wholesome and so beautiful. And there was none of that 
weird misogyny patriarchy vibes of like I'm directing you so you're gonna have to do what I say like no it was would you like to do this this is my like it was so collaborative and I do believe that that's possible like that should not be a rare experience you know it's burned into my memory now it's like remember that amazing time that we worked so well together and there were no gender issues but that should not be a rarity I want this to be the standard and inshallah the next project and every other project I work with on will be nothing less than Misdirect the arrow You packed up and left I loved you then and let go Ooh. Crazy how it changes baby The go go flow No you know No you heard about the daughter The daughter بسرعة وكاتبة ايد زمبلي مش حاسة بحاجة نسيت اصلا ازاي ابانك شفت تايتانيك فجأة بيت في لوكا ماكدو شارع تزود بلوز يا فوقك من فلوس يا عايزك تشوف الصورة وهي كاملة بنت مين وبتعمل ايه مش هتفهمها ده المايك بتاعي ده مكاننا انت مش واعي انا قادرة اكون فول فورس I see it like the us up I keep it, we all tripping Words that remind me like reputation Fuck the circle, fuck simulations Borderless nations, border the plane Roll through radio stations Ain't no game that I'm playing I'm birthed with it, rebirth like shit We are the daughters of this vibe Our fathers on infinite highs Living road nine, me and my homies Round 21 and we youngin' for life Youngin' for life Yeah, uh I was at a cross street, called my pops up, told him I was gonna make it Never tryna fake it, gon' get this degree, keep on believing in me I fuck with the tree, I light up a smoke, but I'm still gon' get it, you know Creating a scene, it sounds so obscene, I'm planting myself, it's more of your seeds Sedetni and a family by Milo, it's more trap free I rap leaves, I'm a rap seize the moment and make it glitter Make a pop fuck a winner, we all finna flow Level the balance, I'm high with the most Legends on dope, legends on dope, that ain't no soul to me Legends on dope Legends on dope, yeah, yeah. Legends on dope that they don't sold to me. It's legends on dope, legends on dope that they don't sold to me. It's legends on dope, yeah. Chill it, chill and teach you feel what you will. Wound up sisters with the greatest. I'm just telling y'all how I feel. Chill it, chill and teach you feel what you will. Wound up sisters with the greatest. I'm just telling y'all how I feel. Yeah, yeah, definitely standing, setting a standard for these collaborative um, projects, right? By by showing the way, by leading the way, by showing what you want to achieve through collaboration. That it's not just a selfish, like, you know, I want to take advantage of you thing. It's really about kind of raising, you know, kind of helping everybody out. Sure. It's definitely a, like a, I like to think of it as a conscious, like a collective elevation process. Like we're all interested in this idea of getting, being higher in life, whatever that means to that individual person. And how can we all kind of like link together and push ourselves collectively upwards? <laughs> totally. So tell me about singing in Arabic and singing in English and how you go back and forth. You, you mentioned the word fluid earlier, which I really love because it applies to cultural identity as well, right? Um, so definitely, I think the switch between 
the language, the code switching is something that I've just grown up with. A lot of people ask how, you know, I tactfully do it. And the answer is I do not tactfully do it. I organically do it. I grew up speaking English with my friends at this American international school in Cairo. I would go home and on my way home, I'm speaking Arabic to bus drivers, to people on the street, to whatever. Go home to watch more American television and speak in Arabic to some of my friends and do my Arabic homework while I'm listening to rap music being put out in Detroit. Like it's always, always been that. And it's the same with a lot of the people from my community from back home who live this very double life almost. Yeah, but tell me also more about when you mentioned earlier the depth of Arabic culture. Um, as a writer and poet, how do you feel about the language? Yeah, Okay. I start exploring more fully. Um, I consider myself a lot stronger in English, which is really sad, given that I grew up from Mostra, actually. أعبر عن نفسي بنفس العمق اللي عارفة أعبر عن نفسي بيه بالإنجليزي بس ده مش معناه إن دي حاجة يعني that's stopping me or halting me ده بالعكس it's the bigger challenge for me إن أنا أقرأ بقى صلاح غنيم وأقرأ رضو عشور وأقرأ يعني نزار قباني كل حد كده اللي هو روش ولذيذ و just brilliant minds from the Arab world that I never want to like I want to bring them into this contemporary artwork that I'm making, into this dialogue and this rap music that people are listening to, the people that I've never heard of, Radu Ashur or Nagi Mahfouz. How do I integrate this into a rap song that slaps? That's, that's what gets me high at the end of the day, is bringing that, being like, I'm bringing you back, <laughs> and making it cool and making it relevant. Yeah, and how is that tied to being living in exile or being an immigrant because I know that myself when I immigrated uh, we had a very similar upbringing I guess but immigration brought me closer to my culture from a distance I see it with so much more love and uh, and uh, and passion and I want to study it so much and this is why for example I'm working on this project because I see how rich our culture is but I also see how little people are know about it and how little interest and knowledge there is about all these incredible poets and writers you mentioned. Um, so coming here, did that also provoke some sort of um, cultural awakening? Definitely. I think um, I'd be lying if I said it didn't actually. Moving to the States is definitely what inspired my uh, yearning for an attachment to the motherland, as it was with most of my friends who moved away for college and suddenly were like, wait a minute, did we just, did we leave? Are we, are we not there? Is it still here? Like just understanding displacement, understanding placement in general as a concept was something that was new to me because I'd lived my whole life in Egypt. But, um, but that, that was just the start, you know? And once I found that I was suddenly interested, I, I chose to not let that go and not also treat it in a superficial means of like, oh, I'm homesick, let me watch a movie. No, like I'm homesick. Let me be more Egyptian almost, if that makes sense. Let me speak more. Let me talk more. Geographically, I was there. But mentally, psychologically, I was in the West. And so when I came here and I was like, wait a minute, the headspace is not Egyptian. <laughs> the heart is not Egyptian. What can make me feel and recreate that sensation of home? Well, it's, it's the building blocks of the culture. It's the material that I'm reading and the conversations that I'm having. 
So since then, the Arabic language has improved. When 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 I came from Egypt, the Arabic language has improved because I started to read more, write more, and it was definitely a conscious effort. It still is a conscious effort that you need to water like a plant. It's a, you know, that's how it always is, I believe. So how did the uh, uprising in Egypt uh, impact you? The uprising in Egypt impacted me on a very, you know, direct level by just witnessing what it's like to come alive for a reason and 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 organize for a reason right that was beyond my imagination I like i think i must have been 15 years old and i was just so confused and, and bewildered that this was happening in real time but um since then i'd like to think that the revolution is still going on i don't consider it over and um i became increasingly aware of my role in this ongoing egyptian revolution arab spring in general um as i just came to learn myself better i don't think i understood fully what i could do for anything when i was that young and and that's natural i think that also comes back to this idea of taking time processing processing is a really big thing that we're not really trained to see as important i believe um and so when i took the time to really really get to know myself look inward and and understand what my role was in this paradigm then i understood how i could be beneficial and i like to think that the music is is part of uh, not a soundtrack to the revolution but something that reminds people that there's still change that we are working towards yeah so specifically in your songs how do you address um the situation in egypt and how do you respond to it how do you sort of uh, ignite a dialogue about the questions that you think are needed to be discussed. Um, I have this song on my last album called Citadel that we also made a video for. From what I heard from a lot of people that were listening to it, it really, really helped them just put words to this emotion that they felt of. So, and when I was writing that in the balcony, I'm like, so I want to go out. My dad won't let me. I don't understand why, because I just want to have fun. <laughs> and like to put that into like bouncy, rhythmic, like mantra sounding hook that so many girls in Egypt are now singing and we all understand. We're like literally so like just the Nile is calling me life. So something like that, you know, putting it to words. It may it might not change things. It might make might not make Papa let you go. But at the same time, there's this understanding. There's this awareness that like, yo, we're all feeling this though. Like we're all being summoned by something greater and not really having full access to it. What, what does that mean? So I don't I don't plan to have answers to everything, but I have so many questions that I just want to share. And that that was one of the the times that I think I started that conversation. People started realizing that there was something going on you know and citadel is filled with all those different lyrics about all these men looking for mothers and their girlfriends like that is a big arab thing i feel of just looking for maternity and like just this mothering quality that guys be looking for in their girlfriends and it's really warped and twisted <laughs> and yeah and and also in terms of the arab springs um and specifically in egypt what happened um, politically, uh, what is your reaction to that? Uh, do you think that uh, you know the changes were were positive? Do you think that the battles were, you know, um, had a you know had a positive effect? I know that in some of your songs, I noticed you respond directly to certain political events. I 
since then, I've decided to steer clear of politics and um, I really am not too invested in the exact like political outcomes. I don't, I don't know if that sounds insensitive. I don't mean it to. But um, if I have in the past shouted out political leaders like directly, I don't plan to be doing that in the future. I think I'm just choosing to not really engage with politics directly anymore because I just did it once in a song really and then realized that it would have a lot more negative ramifications on my ability to express myself in the future. So I would like to do this tactfully and with taste and, and, and elegantly so as not to outwardly call out my own political leaders and get myself arrested. Uh, that's not my plan. But at the same time, I will always speak out on my politics in terms of my understandings, my beliefs, my values that have nothing to do with the, the system that I subscribe to. My politics are that from the sky. My politics are from the heavens. They're not from any indoctrinated bullshit. Like, that's what I mean by my politics. So, I, yeah, I don't choose to see, I'm not going to be, you know, entangling myself in any debates on Twitter anytime soon or in my music directly either. I think I have deeper spiritual cravings that need uh, answering. <laughs> so that's why you say in one of your songs, expression is my Definitely. weapon. Definitely. Expression is my weapon. Expression is everything that I've uh, come to understand as fuel and as ammunition and as protection at the same time. Yeah. A look on a way, like, yeah, this one's for you, this one's for us, this one's for you, this one's for us, this one's for you. This one's for us, this one's for us I stayed real restless for most of the night Tossing and I'm turning, waiting for daylight Waiting for my bite, I've been waiting for my right To crystallize this funk Little miss eat my haters for breakfast and lunch, yo I'm in the sunshine now Drifting off the dreamland, let me chill with clouds Don't need no cloud to take me upward It's deep spiritual work Unlearn your propaganda, unlearn your propaganda, get me propaganda, if you please, your dances, if you want to, everything, heart is pumping, and you're lovely, in your hometown, Cobrios renewal with the lowdown, I'll let you slow down, so lovely, when you're working, and you're working, I'll let you slow down, you're so lovely, when you're working, still you're working Do you hear it in my voice? Don't need to rise above the noise If you hear me through my spirit, that's better than most I said that's better than most, don't you know? Aiza Akbar, Aiza Afra, Aiza Ausal Hilal Aiza Kun forgives me, Maya Maya will have a diamond game at Aiza Kalim Khalid, Nesik Erit, Fissalon Ubardu Berit, Owasanid Ala Sura of an ideal world, Tul Hayata Omushelit, but I'm not her, and I don't talk shit. How you even heard Winty Melik, yo? Aiza Fokker Nefsi, Tori, Meshi Selik, Aiza Fokker Nefsi, Wefrisha Fizza Melik, wherever life takes me, yeah. I fall in love daily with the words, with the language Ask the birds, they understand this In Cairo, uh, I'm coming home to you, yeah Bedouin is ein, 
احنا ملوك الهي لمان عبينا في برطمان احلام ما تتقلش ما تخافش اكمن الكشف مش محتاج علام بدون الام شريط كتفلام عريق والسلام بدون حمامه سبولنا القش سقعان بدون دجاجه بدانا نبش من غير قفش بحكم الحاجه لقينا ايدينا في الكلبش بدون اعاده بس بالتقسيط قب نوري الاراده بالتسقيط ضد الميه وضد النار بدون حراسه انتوا بوري على الطاسه وانا وقار ماشي دايما بالكراسه مدمن افكار ولو محتار خلينا اقولك المفيد جذوري اصلا بتعوم عند المحيط لقوني قصدا بعوم في الغويط حويت رصدا سعيد لفظا بعيد عن الصويت بلسان صليت بعيد على العبيد بلسان صليت بعيد عن العبيد بعيد عن العبيد In Cairo, I'm coming home. Pumping, you're so lovely when you're working. Still, you're working, still, 